0: guys and gals, welcome to the Oxford Holy Club, a place where we ready ourselves to give an answer for the hope that's in us. We will also try to answer your questions, random questions from the interwebs, and have some fun too. So put some seatbelts on your ears because we're in for a wild ride. Well, hey, everyone, it's your host, Brad Siliker. Thank you for joining us again at your podcast of choice, Oxford Holy Club. We're glad that you're here. Uh, I would love to just get right to the show because there's all kinds of content, and I've never been so excited for a listener question as I am today. So first off, let's introduce our recurring guest, Lucas Candy. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me back. How are you feeling tonight, Lucas? Pretty good.
1: Tired. Uh, like I, as I've mentioned before, I'm a teacher, and our uh, first day of school is tomorrow. So I didn't get home till eight o'clock because you know I'm trying to get everyone, all my ducks in a row for the school year. But uh, I think we'll it'll go well.
0: But it's still summer. I didn't think teachers worked in the summer. <laughs> yeah, and you only work the one day a week, right? On the Sunday, isn't that how that works? Yeah, isn't it for you? It's like a nine to three, and then it's just you're you're oh, in the breeze. Just, you're gone. Just, suntans and and, and whatevers all, all summer long. Wow. well Lucas, thanks for joining us. Uh, looking forward to the episode and having some time just to kind of hang out and, and chat with you. Um, so Lucas, as you know, uh, one of the things that we do here on this show is we love to scour Yahoo answers and just look at some funny random questions and, and just have a uh, have a time goofing. Have a little goof. everybody you know in, in, in a world. In a world where goofs are needed, Oxford Holy Club is there. This Yahoo question comes from a user. Well, we don't know who it is. It's just out there. It's anonymous. So anonymous user, this is for you. Lucas, the question is this. Can I safely stare at a picture of the sun?
1: Well, I feel like if you're the kind of person that asks a question like this, there's probably not a lot of safe activities for you. Like, (laughs) chances are... (laughs) You could cut yourself in <laughs> this thing. Uh, I, I I really don't know uh,
0: how to answer that one. Uh, now, okay, so there's uh, I, th- they must be confused because am, am I wrong? Like you can't stare at the sun, right? You, it's it damages our eyes if we stare at the sun.
1: That that is correct.
0: Okay, so that so they
1: must think that there's something about like the look of the sun that's damaging and not like the. You know, one quintillion watt light bulb that you're
0: looking at. So my question, Lucas, is maybe maybe they're not looking at like uh, originally I envisioned maybe like an oil painting, Uh, but maybe they're taking a picture of the sun, and this is just another one of those oddly worded questions. So perhaps they got their iPhone and they're staring at the screen, taking a picture of the sun.
1: I mean that 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 could be a factor. I mean. Uh, hopefully they realize that really all they're staring at is the brightest their iPhone can get, if that's what they're doing. Although sometimes I do wonder, like, does it ever hurt cameras? And I mean, obviously, they, they're not made of you know flesh and bone. But like, is it, you know, there's a lot of lot of juice coming out of that sun. So is that going to like mess up the sensors or yada, yada, yada? I don't, I don't know. Sure. I, I assume not. They probably would have warned us about it. But... I do wonder if the person who asked this question, like when he sees pictures of snakes, is he real
0: scared of him, or is he afraid they're going to get him, or what? Okay, so for him, pictures are reality. Maybe mm. there's maybe he has no depth perception, and so everything <laughs> just looks the same. Uh, a, a snake on the ground that bit him once looks the same as a picture of a snake laying on the ground.
1: Huh? I mean, I mean that could be. You never know.
0: Uh, we kind of moved on to snakes. Whole lot of snakes. Snakes everywhere. <laughs> uh, Can I safely stare at a picture of the sun? Yeah. As long as it's, you know, a picture and not the sun, don't stare at the sun. Now, uh,
1: there was one time I did look at the sun and it was pretty cool. We were in Newfoundland and it was like super foggy uh, and you could barely see anything. But because of that, it was really blocking the sun. But the sun was still, it was like a perfect round circle. It didn't have that like corona around it. All you could see was a really, it almost looked like a bright, bright moon Uh, Because it was so foggy, it was kind of neat. But then I was like, it's probably still frying my eyeballs to look at it, even though it doesn't hurt to look at it. So I looked away. And I still have my sight today.
0: Now, I'm expecting that you'll be excited about this one uh, because one of the things I remember about you, Lucas, is how much you love space battles. Uh, I I remember, can I share this story? Share away. Are you sure? Oh, yeah, go for it we were in college and I recall very (laughs) specifically now
1: to, to be clear,
0: I'm not giving you carte blanche to share all my college stories, but hopefully if it
1: involves space battles, it's a safe
0: one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember coming home. Uh, I don't know if I had gone to school. Probably not. I was probably working. And I came home and I, uh, a friend with me and and we came down to the basement of uh, of our house, which you didn't pay rent. You you just kind of, you moved to a different part of town, lived with an, an aunt and uncle, and that was all cool, but more or less lived at our place. Um, yes. And that was I fun. Did. But anyway, and you know how I know that you moved in and weren't just visiting? because what because when i came downstairs to this house you were sitting on the couch with all of your starship toys with them in the air in your hands Action figures oh sorry action figures yeah that's way more manly um (laughs) buzzing those things around resistance is futile and and all this other stuff do you want to
1: You want me to unpack that
0: for you? You want to unpack that and then we'll ask the question.
1: I'd be happy to. Um, So, you know, being a nerd is super cool these days. So that was, you know, super cool. I was ahead of my time. Don't worry about it. Um, So you're a hipster.
0: You're a hipster. Yeah,
1: I I walked into one of our favorite pawn shops because Brad and I both love the pawn shops and it was, uh, I'm trying to remember the name. It's the one that went out of business um, on Mountain Road there, but Anyway, I walked in. It was like the it wasn't as good as the parlor, but it wasn't as sketchy as Dr. Deal's, so not a sponsor. And I uh <laughs> and uh, I walked into this place whose name I can't recall, and somebody must have come in and loaded like an entire Star Trek collection because they had everything. They had so much stuff. And I, mean, I didn't have a lot of money, but I bought two things that I had as a kid that I really wanted. I uh, know sorry, three things. I bought myself a phaser tricorder and this like (laughs) a micro machine set of like, like ships. And I used to play them as a kid all the time. So I was like, I'm just going to, you know, go, go on the way back machine and uh, have some nostalgic, uh, space battles. But I was discovered.
0: You know what? I'm going to just be real transparent with, with you and with the audience. When I go back home, to the homestead back in PEI with my children. We bust out all my old toys and I've got, um, scale models of, of, of the enterprise of a Klingon, uh, cruiser. You, you could tell me the real names here of a Romulan, um, ship and warbird, warbird. What's the Klingon one? Uh, bird of prey, bird of prey listener. Are you still there? Hello? <laughs> we're, we're, we're losing them left, right, and center. <laughs> oh, nerdiness. Uh, well, if you thought those things were nerdy, just wait till you hear this question. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sidestep my own personal story to move on, but I have those ships, and my kids and I play with them. Do you think NASA invented thunderstorms to cover up the sound of space battles?
1: That is a very interesting question, uh, except there's one... There's one flaw and I know we're supposed to goof and this might kill the goof, uh, real fast, but, um, sound doesn't travel in space.
0: Holy smokes. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, these, they're probably anyone who's watched. Okay, oh yeah. There's no air. So there'd be, there would be no sound wave. Uh, nope. okay. M- maybe it's a lower earth atmosphere. No, uh, <laughs> upper, upper earth atmosphere space battle.
1: That's possible. That then, then you're, that dog
0: might hunt. So NASA, uh, you know, I don't think this is too far fetched, man. The moon landing, huh? Did that happen? Are we really go in there. I I I did go through a phase where I
1: when I was bored, I would purposely go on YouTube and find like the craziest like conspiracy theories, uh, just because they're so crazy, they're entertaining to listen to. And I've never even come across anything like this.
0: It's certainly unique. I don't know. I don't know. Do you think so, Lucas? You know, I'm. I'm. I love the idea
1: of a good, uh, a good, you know, urban legend or a good, you know, conspiracy theory. We're not and talking you, about a yeti you know, you in space. A good, you, you get a good. Uh, You get a good soundtrack and you get the tingles like, ooh, maybe it could be true, you know, Unsolved Mysteries, yada, 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 Uh, not a sponsor. But uh, here's the thing, like, as cool as it would be if some of those were true and as horrifying as it would be if some of those were true, like, people can't keep secrets. In the world of the internet, like, although I guess maybe that's what the internet is, exposing these secrets of, you know, the Bigfoot and the, the Loch Ness Monster and all that stuff.
0: You want to know a big secret? what's your secret the, that's not mine there's a <laughs> there's a sinkhole happening right now in oxford and nobody knows nobody knows why or when it will stop uh listener
1: it's a, it's a portal to the upside down
0: what nice i was actually gonna say it's the uh, the abyss from the pit from revelation nine listener go go do a little boopity boop research and and there you'll find my answer anyway I was going to talk about that in the last episode, but I I did not. Uh, so <laughs> I really thought that you of everybody would want to have this happen, that this would be a reality. And if you're not on the fence, then it can't be it can't be real.
1: I'm just too much of a skeptic. I wish I wish the truth was out there, but <laughs> chances are it's not.
0: Oh, man, do you are you familiar with the term fair use? Um, so to wrap this whole thing up, are there space battles that are happening that NASA? is covering up with thunderstorms got to say probably not and if lucas isn't on board with that then it's not happening um we have i would
1: watch that sci-fi original movie but i don't think it's happening
0: okay quick favorite space battle ever go
1: oh jeepers um there was a really good one at the end of star trek deep space nine with like a a thousand ships but i'd love to be
0: Uh, well yeah no I, i i just read an article about that moving on um so, and don't pretend you don't have a favorite space battle. What is yours? My uh, my favorite, actually, you know what? It's a small battle, and, it, and it, this is going to be controversial, but it's in the latest Star War. And it's when, um, I don't remember, she was an admiral or whatever her name was. She was commanding a ship, and she was all by herself, and everybody thought she was awful. And she shot her ship straight through the enemies. And it was this, mm-hmm. like um black and white scene and there was no sound because as it's in space there's no sound in, but why are there explosions anyway um uh, why is there fire uh, okay anyway and it, it like it was just to me it was a beautiful moment it wasn't this massive space battle i have i take a lot of issue with that particular space battle of a big ship chasing a little ship but whatever um but that was my favorite thanks Good one. Okay, so uh we have some listener questions, Lucas, and listener, if you would love to send a question in, if it's just you got a question burning on your heart right now, then you can send that right now to Holy Club at gmail.com Send us your questions. They can be about religion, they can be about hot dogs, they can be about um really anything under the sun that you want us to talk about, and we would be happy to uh to vet those, filter them a little bit, and and then um hopefully they make it on. Um, so this question comes to us and it says this, how do I own my own faith? Um, now I was initially drawn to Philippians 2.12 that says this, therefore my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. To me, when I read that, um, that whole work out your own salvation part was what stood out to me. Now we, we could never work enough to earn our salvation. Jesus Christ is the only way that we receive salvation, which is a free gift that he gives us if we're willing to receive it and receive him, um, and believe in him. But after receiving salvation, then, you know, there, there is this idea of, of working out what now, what do we believe? What, you know, um, the meat on the bones, as it were. Um, I remember I grew up in the church, so there was a lot of stuff that I thought I believed that really wasn't my own. It was stuff that I had heard, but I'd never really searched it out, never looked to the word, never spent time praying about it. It was just when someone would say something, I'd be like, yeah, no, I believe that, but I never knew why. And, and so, you know, in those moments that I own my faith, well, parts of it, but parts of it were definitely owned by others. And that's not to say that influences are bad or anything like that. They, they help shape our faith. But at the end of the day, I'm going to stand before God and, and give an account for what I've been given. And I won't be able to say, well, my mom told me this. Well, that's not going to work. Uh, Lucas, I see that you've got something
1: um, I just, I, 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 agree with that first of all. Um, and second of all, I, when I think of, you know, it says own my faith and when you own something, it's, it's yours and you control it. It's not someone else's right. Um, and the same way with your faith, uh, your faith has to be something that you, you own, that you are in charge of You know, when you're right. young, your faith or lack of faith is really because of whatever your parents do or don't do in your life. Um, a lot of, or anybody in your life sort of thing. But, um, as you get older, you come to this tipping point where you have to own it. And you have to kind of decide: is this my faith? And if you decide it is, then what am I going to do with it? Am I going to be intentional about it? Um, you can't just be an, a passive participant. You know, while well, some people can, some people do, but um, it's about being proactive in your faith, not reactive in your faith. Um, and you need to kind of put in the work. And like you said, like you said, it's not about working your way to heaven, but um, God takes the effort that you put in, and He can multiply it. You know, it's one thing to say. Oh, you know, I, I have so much debt. I just wish God would take care of this debt, and just you know, kind of basically treating God like a genie and hoping He's just gonna uh, poof a million dollars in your bank account. Um, instead, it's saying like, you know, oh, I've got this debt, and I hope I'm gonna try really hard. I'm gonna you know work more jobs, and I'm gonna I'm gonna you know be smarter with my money, and and then and then. Then you can see God blessing you when you you know you're actually trying and you you're doing something that uh, would be kind of in His own heart, not just like sitting around waiting for Him to solve your problems. Uh, so to me, that's kind of like owning your faith as being responsible for it, and and you know reading your Bible and thinking about it and and talking to people about it and and putting the effort in. And and I've said I think I've mentioned it to you before, like uh, the things in my life I'm intentional about. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's yeah. my profession or my marriage or my parenting or anything, if I'm intentional about it, it's automatic, it starts getting better so much faster. If I start putting thought – not just you know, the, the, the old saying, you have to be working on your business, not just in your business. Uh, working on your business makes it better. Working in your business just kind of keeps it going. Same thing with your faith. If You, you can just kind of bump along and live your faith, and it'll be okay. But if you actually think about it and try to build it and strengthen it and grow it, then you're going to see some real kind of results.
0: Absolutely. Um, I'm with you on that, Lucas. So how do I own my own faith? Uh, you know, actually, last week on, uh, on the show, I had uh, Joey and Caden, and we talked about getting into the word. Specifically, uh, the question was, it was one of our Wesley questions about, do I let the Bible speak to me? And it was about creating that time and space to be into the word and, and researching and finding out what does the Bible really say about these things? And what does the Bible say about money? You know um, what does the Bible say about giving our money uh, and, and trying to, uh, can you ever out give God? I, uh, my, my pastor here, when we talk about tithing, he never puts the pressure on our people uh, about the money. He's always said, God doesn't need your money. It's not about the money specifically. Um, you know, it's about faith and obedience, and you can never outgive God. And uh, anyway, so how do I own my own faith? There, you know, be in the Word. You know, uh, it takes work. Being a Christian and and growing is not just this. It's it's not an easy way. In fact, Christ said he he said it himself. You know, narrow is the gate and hard is the way. Um, and and many people won't take that path. So. Get into the word, you know, get praying and, and find people that you can talk to about your faith. Lucas, anything you want to throw down before I go to the next question?
1: I think that it's important. Um, it's so easy not to think about things and just to kind of talk about, like, do things the way they've always been done. And I have to constantly remind myself that, you know, if I'm in a church from a different uh, kind of background and they're doing things a different way than I'm used to doing them, I automatically don't like it, and I automatically like, oh, they're so wrong. But then I have to say, no, no how I feel about something like just cause it's not the way I'm used to it doesn't necessarily make it wrong. Yeah. Um, I need to measure that against scripture and see, and see how it is. And that's, that's hard to do because it need me. Mean, it means I need to be uncomfortable and I have to put some thought into it because I'm opening myself up to the fact that I could be wrong. Yeah, it's a vulnerable spot. And, and that's not easy to do. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, hmm. It's a vulnerable place to put yourself being willing to say, God, you know, David actually, uh, King David said, you know, "Search me, O God, and and see if there be any wicked way in me." Now, I know you're not talking specifically about sin, but 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 it could be, and yeah. and and certainly it could be, you know, not un- fully understanding things and, and having, you know, yeah. Uh, when you were talking, all I could think of was church curmudgeon, curmu- church curmudgeon. That you were a church curmudgeon, sitting there with your arms yeah. crossed. I don't. The, I'm used to it to a a trifold bulletin. what what is this? Yeah. What is this? Anyway. This isn't what Jesus intended <laughs> when, when he when he said that he you know on this rock I will build my church, there were no trifold there were no trifold bulletins.
1: only only hymnals and choruses from nineteen ninety
0: two Okay, Lucas, I am beyond excited for this next question. and it's I'm not something what's that? I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Um, so I mentioned before OxfordHolyClub at gmail.com and I I recently was just checking our email and I found this gem and I'm going to read it to you and, and then maybe we can have some conversation on it and then I have a plan with this. Here we go. Hello, dear. I am Miss Zanab Warlord Ibrahim Kolibale, 24-year-old female from the Republic of Ivory Coast, West Africa and the daughter of late Chief Sergeant Warlord Ibrahim Bali, aka General Ib. My late father was well-known Ivory Coast militia leader. He died on Thursday 28th April 2011 following a fight with the Republican Force of Ivory Coast FRCI. I am constrained to contact you because of the maltreatment of which I'm receiving from my stepmother. I am seeking for long-term relationship and investment assistance. My father of blessed memory deposited the sum of U.S. 25, uh, sorry, 27.5 million in one bank in Burkina Faso. Burkina Faso. Thank you. Are you familiar with? Anyway,
1: very much. That's where I
0: keep most of my um... (laughs) books. With my name as the next of kin, I had contacted the bank to clear the deposit from the branch manager, but, but the branch manager told me that being a refugee, my status according to the local law does not authorize me to carry out the operation. However, he advised me to provide a trustee who will stand on my behalf. I had wanted to inform my stepmother about this deposit, but I'm afraid that she will not offer me anything after the release of of the money. That's
1: uh, that's that's a heartbreaking story. You know, it, almost unbelievable how heartbreaking it is. I looked up this guy. He actually is he sorry was a warlord. So I mean, you know, obviously, if if one thing can be fact checked, it must be entirely true.
0: You're, are you serious? Are you serious? I didn't think to fact check this. I just oh, I
1: Wikipedia him. Yeah, he's 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 the real deal. He's on Wikipedia. Hey, well, you Google his name. The first thing that comes up is his Wikipedia page. The second thing that comes up is scam alert.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, okay. I, 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 we're not going to spend much time on this because I want to get on with the plan. Right. Clearly, this is a scam. For heaven's sakes, yep. he passed away in 2011 and she's just emailing me. I mean, I've been here this whole time. Where have you been, Zanob? <laughs> I mean, come on. Anyway, Use the tools at your disposal. Yeah. Uh, $27.5 million in one bank. I didn't know a bank could hold that much money. <laughs> one bank. It's a lot of doubloons. Oh. Um, and now I do want to just riff on one thing for just a second. I noted that um, you know she's constrained to contact us because of the maltreatment that she's receiving from the stepmother. Uh, mm-hmm. But then later doesn't want to inform the stepmother um, because she's afraid she'll not offer me anything after the release of the money. What on earth is the stepmother offering her that is keeping her from going after the twenty-seven point five mil?
1: Oh, I thought it was. I thought she was trying to keep, like, somehow. The if she let her step evil Disney stepmother know about it, um, then she was going to somehow get the money instead of her. I don't know. I, poor, poor Zena uh, Warrior Princess here <laughs> no, is just having no. a
0: real hard time. You know, Ibrahim though is uh, is 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 Abraham. Did you know that? I I
1: actually did only because when I taught in Ottawa, there's a lot. There's a big Muslim population, and Ibrahim is like. John, like half the kids there are named Ibrahim. Yeah, well, of the you know from
0: there. Uh, I Zainab, I'm just glad you're listening. I, I'm glad that this podcast has brought you some solace. You know, in those moments of mistreatment. Oh, well. Hard, it, it gladdens the heart. It, yeah, it. It's just good that you reach out. Um. So. <sighs> I want to be this trustee. (laughs) My plan (laughs) look really good on a resume. Right. Uh, With that kind of money, I could change my name. Uh, Reverend Bradley warlord Uh, silica. Uh, My plan is this listener and Lucas. I want to actually see how far we can take this. I am going to respond to this email and, and let this person, the, it, it, this is a scam. Let me just say in case you're listening and you're like, you're the worst person in the world, Brad. This is this is a scam. This person is, is trying to get my money. Um, and I actually watched a tech, uh, sorry, a TED talk with a gentleman that found himself in a similar situation and he responded. And I mean, hilarity ensued with the responses and all this kind of stuff. And the gentleman that was presenting made the point that if he could waste this scammer's time, this scammer wasn't taking advantage of somebody else. And not that I feel that this is my mission or my calling to take on this one scammer who I'm just gonna say is probably not Miss Zanab. Just calling it right now. Um but I would like to take this as far as we can. And so I'm gonna respond and and um you know, let let Miss Zanab know that I'm interested. And I shall report back weekly as long as the communication is happening. If for some reason I'm not on the air next week, know that I've left for the Ivory Coast and the 27.5 mil was real and I'm out of here.
1: Things have gone horribly wrong. Yeah,
0: or, or that. Things have gone horribly wrong. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm not going anywhere. Lucas, do you have any advice or w- do you want to help me formulate this plan? Well, I don't know. I think you're gonna have to. Uh,
1: I think that for. I think if you're if you're too uh, smarmy right off the get-go, they'll know that you're just like to them, and they'll just ignore you. I think you gotta have to be like, "Oh, tell me more. I I, I would love to help you with this or whatever." I uh, just kind of like you know really bait the hook.
0: It's gonna take a lot of. It's gonna take everything I've got to keep this thing going, but I'm up to the challenge, listener. I hope you're with me. I'm hoping to create a segment on the show that is just dedicated to this scam. You'll know that that segment's coming when you hear this noise. Scam alert. Scam alert. Scam alert. So stay tuned for more updates on our scam artist. And now it is time for our not-a-sponsor ad break.
1: Nobody does it.
0: I've got two children under the age of 10 in my home. That means that at any given time, there is something broken in my house. You know, parent, if you're listening, you know what it's like when your kid looks to you, they just broke their favorite toy and it's in pieces. It's made of plastic. And they look to you and go, fix this. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. You're going to go to the junk drawer and you're going to pull out Gorilla Super Glue. It's high strength and quick set time make Gorilla Super Glue the go-to adhesive for a variety of household projects. Developed for long-lasting repairs in an instant, the clear glue dries in 10 to 45 seconds. That's about the attention span of my children. This super glue is reinforced for increased impact resistance, preach, to handle bumps and drops. They call it Impact tough. Let me tell you gorilla super glue has got me out of many sticky situations And in my opinion nobody does it better at appeasing my children and keeping things together in my household than gorilla super glue Available online or at your local retailer not a sponsor. Well, welcome back listener We're uh, glad that you've continued to stay with us even after that whole scam thing um we're going to now go to our Wesley question. And if you recall, these are one of, we're going to look at one of the 22 questions that John and Charles Wesley and their group of men would ask each other every time they gathered together. And they did these to keep each other accountable, to keep each other thinking, you know, Lucas, you mentioned a couple of minutes ago, um, about how in working out our own salvation, you know, we've, we can't just not think about it. It's not, it's, we can't put it on the shelf and just go, okay, I've got that. And, and there. You've got to think about these things, and so these questions are just to cause us to think and uh, and help us to be transparent and vulnerable. So, uh, Lucas, do you want to do you want to bring the Wesley question of the day?
1: Yes. Also, if you ever want to rename the Wesley question, we could call it theological beef jerky—something that you kind of have to chew on to really get the best out of. Um, <laughs> My so- soul. And you can feel free to edit that out. Uh, the Wesley question. Do I thank God that I am not as other people, especially as the
0: Pharisee who despise the publican? Theological beef jerky. Just writing that down on my whiteboard so I don't forget it. <laughs> Do I thank God that I am not as other people, especially as the Pharisees who despise the publican?
1: So basically like, oh, I'm so glad I'm not those people, Hmm. the wrong kind of people.
0: This is, this comes out of Luke 18, 9 to 14. And I'm going to share it with you. Um, It's, I'm reading from the ESV. It says this, he also told this, he being Jesus, he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt but beat his chest saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So that's, that's the story. That's the parable of which this comes from. And again, like all of these questions, Lucas, um, to me, they speak of a heart condition, uh, uh, you know, Uh, but you, but you said it, it's, you know, it's like, Oh Lord, thank you that I'm not like those people. Mm. I find it interesting that, um, the, the two comparisons, one, we have a Pharisee, the Pharisee were the religious leaders of the day. They were the ones that, that knew the law. They were the ones that, you know, they knew uh, uh, all the prophecies about Jesus coming. They, you know, they had all of this stuff. Uh, and, and then you had the tax collector and the tax collector was one of the most hated people. Uh, Lucas, do you know why? I bet you, you do. Because they
1: often uh, cheated and took more taxes than they uh, were supposed to, which made them rich. And many people hate
0: them. And not only that, if I remember this correctly, you're, you're right. Um, when In Roman rule, they would come in and get a local to be the tax collector. Yep. So it wasn't like it was, you know, this person from head office. It was, it was someone local that now was working for the quote unquote enemy and was skimming off the top. And so they're making this comparison. Jesus makes this comparison about, you know, the, the religious leader, the, the person that has it all together. And, and, and then someone who is, you know, mocked and someone that's hated in that culture. And the Pharisee, goes and prays, you know, standing by himself and, and saying how great, how thankful he is that he, he isn't like this tax collector and he isn't, you know, like all these other people and, and all of that. It makes me think about what you said again, Lucas, about not thinking this, <laughs> this person, this Pharisee in this story, wasn't being honest with who he really was and what, had he really worked out his salvation, you know? Right. If you know, if you if you want to put it like that,
1: I, I do think that there are just there's there are those people that you'll meet um, in church that they see the goal of Christianity to be holy, like the holier than now, like the most, like oh, I am such a uh, a good Christian. I would never do those things that all these sinful people are doing, and oh, the world, and oh, this, and 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 yeah, like the the world is a sinful place, but you can't just Jesus didn't come to point fingers at people, and if Jesus didn't come to do it, then that's not our job either. You know, He came to to love people and to and to kind of spend time with them. and And this Pharisee is an example of someone who has the the head knowledge, but doesn't have the heart knowledge. And this tax collector probably doesn't have the head knowledge of you know faith, but he has the heart. He has the right heart behind it, right? Um, and uh, you know, I not to let myself off the hook. You know, this weekend to kind of go off on a little side uh, tangent. Uh, a friend of mine, he's uh, he had he owns a, like a property, and he had to he had to um, basically evict somebody because they just wouldn't leave, and you know they and and I was helping pack up this person's stuff and put all their stuff in storage, and and I caught myself being like, oh my word, this person, like how could you not, blah 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 blah, and and I caught myself, you know, like you know what, if if I didn't have the parents I had, if I didn't have all the opportunities I've had. I could be in this exact same position. Like I shouldn't be judging someone for, for, for these things. I should be, you know, loving them. And I think I'm so much better, but you know, there's people who would look at me the same way as I looked at her and think that I'm, you know, all these things. So I think I have to, we have to be really careful when we, when we judge other people.
0: And, and you know, it, it is, you're right. It is true that there are people that are further along in their spiritual, you know, life than I am. And and you and and you're further ahead than other people are. Like, you know what I mean. And Scripture talks about that about um, you know being a babe in Christ and growing and having solid food and all this types of stuff. And and you start, you grow into it. So you know there are people that that maybe are still dealing with stuff that you've already dealt with. And you know the Lord has has worked through that with you. But this Pharisee would look at that person and go, I'm so glad I'm not that person. instead of having a heart for people and, and, and encouraging, you know, someone or, or things like that. And then you get this tax collector, just like you said, doesn't have the formal education that this Pharisee would have. Um, but cries out to God, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. This person, and if you, this person acknowledged the sin in their life. Right, be merciful to me, a sinner. But this Pharisee believed he had it all together, and that he was following the law, and that that was going to save him. And, and then,
1: instead of focusing on his own sin, he's focusing on, you know, oh, it's just it's a score of how much sin does that person have compared to me, and oh, they right. must have so much more, so that makes me so much better. But really, we're supposed to be comparing ourselves to God and Jesus. So you know, technically, we always lose.
0: <laughs> you know, Proverbs. Well, it's funny that you'd say that with the Nazarene church, we're a holiness denomination. We believe very much in heart holiness and, and that we can as Christians be holy as he is holy because he called us to that Uh, very plainly. Jesus or, you know, scripture says be holy for I am holy. And, Mm -hmm. and there's a call to that, but it's not a call to pride it's not a call to boast in ourselves because that you wouldn't find that anywhere in scripture. In fact, you'd find the opposite that we're to boast in him. If, if you've attained any holiness in your life, it's for his glory, not for yours. And, and you need to make sure that, that he knows it. Um, you know, I was thinking of Proverbs 16, 18 that says pride, go before the pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. Like I I wonder what happened after with this Pharisee. That's just, to me full of of pride in, in himself.
1: Mm. We talked another week one time about, you know, when when you're at your most kind of cocky and overconfident, that's usually when you are gonna fall. You know, it's 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 that's why, you know, in in Alcoholics Anonymous and you know, um, narcotics anonymous and stuff, you know, in Alcoholics Anonymous they say I am an alcoholic not like I used to be I am Th- that way because if you if you used to be then then it's okay to like be around all that stuff that used to be bad for you but if you are currently even if you haven't had a drunk drink in 30 years um if you if you still consider yourself an alcoholic then you'll know to stay away from those places and it's it's way safer for you in the long run same thing for us like I am a sinner not I was a sinner like I'm not you know reformed of that I still I may be sin less. But I, I, I still can sin, so I, I need to get off my high horse.
0: Yeah, I would I would agree up to a point um, with you, which I think is some good conversation, um, because after salvation, you're now a child of God. Mm-hmm. You still have the free will to sin. So I might take, I might take a little issue with still, you know, I, I really, I do get your point And I understand why in Alcoholics Anonymous, certainly I don't go out in the day and go, well, I'm a child of God. It is impossible for me to sin today. But I also try not to live in the headspace of, because c- to me, c- considering myself a sinner is, it, what's the, what's the term? Um, uh, Enabling maybe it maybe it's giving you, it gives you that, well, I'm only, I'm, I'm human. So it, you know, I'm only human. Right. So, well, the reality is, is that we were not created to sin, mm-hmm. right? We, we weren't created for this. So to say you're only human to be human means you should be living in holiness. Um, not in this, I'm a sinner. So you kind of put your hands up and I know that's not what you're getting at. We're both saying the same right. thing. I, um, I just wanted to kind of toss that out there. Uh, so like I said, I don't go out in the day and go, um, sinning's impossible for me today. Because the moment you do that, the moment you do that, you've already done it. <laughs> right, that's right. Uh,
1: 22.
0: So do I thank God that I am not as other people, especially as the Pharisee who despised the publican? To me, uh, n- no. Well, We've all been guilty of this. I, at this particular moment in my life, can I say that, that I, that I do, that I'm doing that? No, neither are you, Lucas. I would say not to, right. I can't put words in your mouth, although I just did. I'll, <laughs> I'll edit it in post. So it sounds like you said it. Um, Fantastic. but have we been guilty of this? Sure. Because we, and you said it, we have that metric of, well, I'm not as bad as that person, you know? Oh, I messed up, but oh my goodness. I'm, you know, I didn't do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you get the tax collector that is just laying it out and crying for mercy. So, listener, myself, Lucas, a good question to ask ourselves is uh, when we find ourselves in, in situations uh, where where we start to go down this path, is you know, is that a Christ-like thing to be doing? I would say not. If anybody, if anybody in the in the history of the world could. Could be thankful to not, you know, have sin and be like anyone. It was, G- it was Jesus. And you never see him doing that. You never see, you imagine if that was the narrative that we saw in scripture, him in the garden going, thank you, father, that I'm not like Peter. What a hothead. <laughs> right. But you don't.
1: He doesn't walk in and say, I'm
0: better than this guy and this guy and this guy. Oh, best one in the room again. Yeah, that's right. Uh, all right. Well. Make sure to, uh, to take some time and, and think on that question. And if you have any comments, please send those in to us. I've appreciated I have got some comments and some different things that you have thought of or that sparked a you know, thought on, uh, for you. So please continue to do that. It's, it's really cool. Um, well, it's time for us to begin to wrap up the episode. And we're going to do it in the, the traditional Oxford Holy Club way, which is lighthearted with a couple of Yahoo answer questions. Lucas, you work in the school, so I feel like you are uniquely qualified to speak on this one. Is it normal to hang out with the lunch lady?
1: Is it normal to hang out with the lunch lady? Of course it is. Like It's it's the person who brings food. Why, would, why wouldn't why would you want to hang out with the lunch lady? Um, and I can speak to that because I have both um, um, hung out with the lunch lady. I have been to lunch oh, lady at one it! point at our school.
0: I knew that was coming. Oh, <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs> there was a day and our, both of our reception. Oh, they were out for like administrative professionals day. The principal was taking them out. So,
0: like, Hey, can you cover the door? I'm Hold like, on. Yeah, No problem. Did you have um, that? Did you have the hair net? I did not have the hair net. No. You have, you have a little scruff on your face. I see. Did you have a yeah, beard I, thing?
1: Cause, cause to be fair, I don't have a lot of hair. So it's, it's pretty safe. I did not have the scruff net. No, I wasn't preparing the food. I was just delivering it. So I guess it's still gross. That's the thin line to walk. But so there I was, (laughs) man in the phones, and then someone shows up and says, Where's the hot lunch? And I said, I don't know. Who does it? Like the lunch, the the receptionist do. I said, Oh, I guess I'm a lunch lady today. (laughs) I have a lot of respect for them.
0: Kids are whiners. (laughs) Kids, we appreciate you. We Uh, do. My my story is junior high, and every. Every day I would go, I get in line and we would walk up to the cafeteria and there would be the lunch lady. And on the menu, the menu said liver and onions, but there was never, ever any liver and onions. They never served it. And so me being the super cool, very laid back, very suave uh, junior high youth that I was, I asked for liver and onions every day without fail every day. And then I would take whatever they slapped on my tray. Um, and she would, she would continue to say, no, we don't have liver and onions. And, and while I wasn't hanging out, there became this rapport <laughs> that the lunch lady and I had. And, and it became such a rapport that you could just shoot a glance across the room. And she knew I was thinking liver and onions. <laughs> and I would know like, from her look that it was a no. Um, go ahead. You were saying? Don't let me down, Mabel. Mabel. <laughs>
1: Mabel. Do you got my liver and onions?
0: I, I don't get that reference. Anyway, uh, and so finally, one day, one faithful day, I get in line. I know that I'm going to do it. I'm talking about it with everyone in the line. I'm going to ask, and uh, and I asked, and she put it on my plate: liver and onions. I, oh,
1: that's so amazing! You so, hated it, right? You I hated, hated it? it. Good.
0: I couldn't eat it, and and so the principal gets involved. It was an ordeal. It like staff was gathered around to see this thing because. Um, the lunch lady was putting this little 14 year old teenager in his place with giving him what he finally wanted. And it was disgusting. I've never had it since my principal ate it on my behalf. Uh, is it normal to hang out with the lunch lady? If you're normal, like Lucas and I, <laughs> <laughs> then yeah, it's cool. Maybe one of us might be the lunch lady. That's right. Last question is this, this comes from Yahoo as well. My printer won't print GIFs properly or is it GIFs? uh gifs giraffe gifs thanks for teaching in that moment <laughs> my printer won't print gifs properly and
1: for everyone that doesn't know gifs are those like moving pictures right
0: the, the talkies like a meme like oh, those, oh memes not 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 <laughs> not just videos those picture <laughs> those pictures that
1: move <laughs> So uh, I've taught history before. I'm a big history fan, and I was teaching Canadian history one time, and I uh, I was teaching about some person in Canadian history. So I I put in the name. Usually there's like an old painting of them or something, you know, on on Google, on the Google, not a sponsor. And uh, I I came, I forget who it was. It was some rando person in Canadian history. I was surprised I had a picture of, but it was like a wood. It was like a picture, of like a like a print picture. I was like, oh yeah, sure. So I threw it in the PowerPoint. And we're going through and I'm talking about it and I'm you know talking on and on and on as I love to do, as I as I want to do. And uh, and all of a sudden one of the girls in the class just like screams. I said, What what's going on? She goes, His eyes moved. And I was like, What are you talking about? She goes, No, his eyes moved. I was like, That's so weird. Anyway, so and I look over as I like, and we're all looking at him now, and I go, I don't I think you saw something and all of a sudden his eyes dart from one side of his eyes to the other like they like they look across the room (laughs) and the entire class like all screamed at once and it was the best thing ever because I accidentally like put a gif in there and uh, it was a real gift Uh, and it was super funny and every year after that I would wait till someone noticed it and it always freaked them out.
0: That's awesome. Um for those of you that were sorry, for those of you that were, I was listening but my Google Home went off just at the tail end of your thing. And that that's fine. So listener, I apologize if that got in the way of Lucas's story. Um you know, I was thinking hard about this one and do you remember those flip books? You could get a book and you'd run your th- run your th- <laughs> So it's possible. You could definitely print off uh, a GIF A gif. All right. Well, uh, Yahoo answer person, uh, my recommendation is you just print out a few different pages and kind of flip through them, and then it will be doing it properly.
1: All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to take us home uh, for this episode, and I'm going to turn the question over to you, Brad. What's some music you would like to recommend to your listeners?
0: Well, thank you, Lucas. That was completely unexpected and not scripted. Um, I actually spent... I was up until probably one o'clock last night on Spotify, searching, just just going on the rabbit trail of, of musicians, and I was really interested in finding a like a classic rock Christian band, um, but that's not what I found, people. And what I found is this band called <clears throat> I'm going to try and pronounce this properly, Crumbocker. C-R-U-M-B-A-C-H-E-R They are an 80s Christian band and you can find them on Spotify. Are they from Germany? Maybe. Is that a German thing I said? Do you recognize the word? sounds like it. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, I'm actually going to play a 10-second, no more soundbite uh, of it for your enjoyment. And it is a song called Sweet By and By. Yep. Like the hymn. Lucas, what did you think of that?
1: Well, I couldn't hear it, but I bet it sounded
0: fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I hope that you enjoyed that listener. Uh, that typifies to me, 80s Christian music. It it has everything. It has the hair. It has the jumpsuits. It has the synth heavy score. Um, my son, uh, he heard it today and he's like, I, I know these words, but what is this? And so they took Sweet By and By and they totally just used different Music, same lyrics. That must be considered fair use. And uh, and if they can do it, then I can share 10 seconds of it in in my little. Um in my approximation. Uh, so Lucas, I'm going to turn things over to you now. Well, thank you, Brad. Uh, I think I'm going to close this down for the night.
1: I've got school tomorrow. I just wanted to thank Brad, uh, the host of this podcast for having me, Lucas come and join him. Uh, just a reminder, if you have any questions for the podcast, you can drop them off at Facebook or you can find us on Twitter at Oxford Holy club or email Oxford at gmail.com. So until next time, keep spiritually fit and have fun.